Are you painting a realistic picture of what you do, who you are, what you're creating inside your business in a way that is holding the integrity of the industry that is so unregulated that we have to hold it ourselves? Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Shamelessly Ambitious podcast. We're here for episode 118, and while I am the one recording it, you are actually the one who helped me come up with the content for it. Now, what I mean by that is that on Instagram, a few weeks ago, I started having conversations out loud in my stories, which we want to do, by the way, about some polarizing opinions and beliefs that I carry about the coaching industry. And more importantly, I invited you to tell me what was some of the cringiest yet glorified industry no-nos that you have experienced or witnessed or been a part of and wanted to share with me. And I got so many responses. I decided I wanted to record an episode about this because I think it's an important conversation. But more important than that, I want you to be heard. I want you to be heard. And the truth is, I can't sit here and say, and I will actively own the things that I have done in the past. Trust me, you know, I'm here to be vulnerable, that there's a likelihood that you may be listening to this and going, oh, gosh, that's one of the things that I have done. And I think that the only way that we can truly grow and alter the way that we are service providers, alter the way that we are coaching, alter the way that we are showing up in this very unregulated industry is to be open to constructive criticism, to be open to these kind of conversations. And that's exactly what I want to do. So I'm actually bringing the list and the conversation that you shared with me when I asked the question of what is the most cringy yet glorified industry no-nos, okay? Number one, this was absolutely one that I believe in, throwing another entrepreneur under the bus to make yourself feel better. I've talked about this before. So there's already been a podcast episode on this, but you'll hear me say over and over and over again, this is not okay. It does not make you sound better to put somebody else down. Now, this doesn't mean you can't be human and hold an opinion about somebody else. But if you're utilizing that differing opinion as a form of content creation, we have to have conversation, right? Because at the end of the day, behind every single Instagram, behind every single website and offer that you see out there is a real human with real experiences and real stories that have led them to do what they have done. Whether you agree or not, we are still all humans and we have to approach this space through the human first mentality. And I'm not just talking about the clients that we serve, the people that we serve. I'm talking about our colleagues, which ultimately is an important thing to understand is that everybody who's also in this industry, as much as you might determine them as competitors, I want to encourage you to shift the narrative that they're your colleagues. Every person that I see on social media presenting and and pitching their ideas and their offers, whether they're also business coaches or they are web designers or money coaches or anything, anything, I think of them as a colleague. You are a colleague of mine in this space and we can get one another if we're willing to. So yes, yes, yes to that one. The next one I got was using boundaries as an excuse for not doing things like sales calls or not actually being available inside Voxer. A to the men. And this is one of the ones I have to cringy style admit I have done before. I have been the coach who said, I'm no longer available for sales calls. And I'm embarrassed to admit that. I'm not even going to pretend. It did not last very long, but 
I did it for a hot sec because I had a mentor who said, there's no reason why you need to be doing sales calls. And I took it for face value until I was able to get real, real with myself and remember if somebody's going to make an investment in me, I don't care if it's a couple hundred dollars or a couple thousand or a couple tens of thousands, they deserve the opportunity to have a conversation with me that helps them make that decision. Now, I will say this, I don't necessarily advertise sales calls, but if somebody ever asks me if we can hop on a call or if we're having a conversation in the DMs and it just seems like it would be more advantageous for us to hop on a call, I will absolutely say yes or present the opportunity, okay? So I've done it. (laughs) My hand is up in the air. I admit I have done this, but also I can totally understand why this would be cringy. And the other side of this was the Voxer boundaries. I think Voxer is such a beautiful, valuable space, especially in the mentorship world of being able to tap into somebody pretty much at any time. But I also really believe that we as entrepreneurs and as business owners need to have boundaries around that. I mean, again, this is like 101 business training, right? You have to have boundaries inside your business. But I too have been in a one-to-one coaching space where those boundaries got to a point where I felt like this person was just completely unavailable to me. And when I was making multiple thousands of dollars of investments on a monthly basis, it really bothered me. And so I actually could very much relate to somebody pointing this out. And I do myself carry boundaries inside of Voxer, including the fact that I'm not in Voxer at all on Tuesdays, which is my CEO day. But I also am actively in Voxer twice a day during my other days. I really hate the idea of closing a day with somebody not getting their questions answered. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen from time to time. But if I can help it, I help it. Meaning it's one of the first things I do in my business sometimes in the morning, not every day. But it's usually one of the last things I do for sure is just to make sure that my people are taken care of. Because again, I deeply honor the kind of investment that it takes to be inside of a container like this. Okay, next one. The price doesn't match the lack of training. (laughs) This is a good one. This is a real good one because I could get on a soap box about the lack of regulation in the industry. Freaking everybody is a coach nowadays. And don't get me wrong, I do believe that a high quality amount of experience can lead you to being able to take somebody through a quote unquote coaching package. But nowadays, I feel like everybody's a coach after like five minutes of experience in something. And I understand this from the lens as well as somebody who when I first got started, there was a little bit of frustration for me of like, I've got years of training. I have formal education, formal certifications, licensure, you name it, in therapeutic, obviously, tactics, but also sociology, psychology. And I had at the time seven, eight years, now 10 plus years as an entrepreneur, having built private practice, i.e. brick and mortar, all the way to online businesses. And when I became a formal business coach, it was after I'd generated a lot of revenue. At this point, I've generated a million dollars in my coaching business in the past three and a half years. But that's just this coaching business. That's not to talk about all the revenue that I've generated. So I had a lot of experience when I finally said, I believe that I can put this label on what it is that I do. And I remember feeling a little frustrated by pretty much anybody saying that they were a coach. And so I think this is accurate. And I think this is just a call to action to people of not a, you don't have a right or you don't have a platform because I do not want to say that at all but almost a responsibility check, right? If you want to claim that you're an expert in this area, what are you doing to continue your education here? What are you doing to continue learning more and more and more about this space? And yes, I'm talking about investments, right? Like 
I believe that if you're calling yourself a sales expert, that you are in every single opportunity about selling in order to continue to grow your craft. But you're also exploring things like customer care, human approaches, psychology-backed understanding of how to hold space for another human. These things are really important because it's not just, here's my expertise, but it's, I am actively holding space, which (laughs) my husband hates that phrase. And honestly, I can't think of a better one. But like, when you're actively in human-to-human connection and serving other humans, you have to have some formal training in how to do that. If you don't, I personally believe that it's an ethical breach. It's an ethical breach because this is where I see most of the harm being done. And that goes back to what this person had put into the question box, which was the price doesn't match the lack of training. Like, are you really taking ownership over what you bring to the table? And this is not to say not to value yourself, but it's just going back to your value increases as your expertise increases. But if your expertise is not increasing, your value shouldn't. That's probably going to piss some people off, but (laughs) I'm going to say it. Okay. The next one was pain point marketing or making people feel like they need you. Yes, yes, yes. I cannot say this enough. It is something I practice and preach over and over and over again. The point of the matter here is that to me, it's very like archaic marketing tendencies, to be honest. And when I see someone doing it, I'm almost like, dude, wake up. What are you missing here? Because it feels like we have graduated from this, but still some people do it. And pain point marketing is essentially to call out one's pain as opposed to their possibility. And so you're saying things like, you're tired, you're frustrated, you're lonely, you have no idea what you're doing in your business, you've been in it for so long and you have had no success. Now, it's not to say that the idea of pain point isn't a marketing strategy because it is, but it's to kind of flip it on its head. And whenever I'm utilizing quote unquote pain point marketing, rather than presenting all the pains to trigger the person on the other side, which is exactly what it does. And psychologically speaking, it turns them away from saying yes to something because now they're just like, oh shit. (laughs) Like I have some things to address here, right? Especially if you're pointing it out and they weren't quite aware of it. This is dangerous, dangerous territory, right? So the way that I do it, in most cases, you can really relate to your ideal client or customer and their needs because it's probably where your desire to become an expert in this field came from. And therefore, you can point out your own pain points before you found the solution. And therefore, your ability both to be the expert, but also to paint that picture where she's going to more than feel like, oh, my life is ruined and I'm, you know, everything's terrible. Instead, she's going to feel me too. Me too. I've so felt that. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to relate to you. Real cool stuff. The next one was over-promising and under-delivering. Yes, (laughs) I've been here too. I've been in this space. I can't say for sure whether or not I've done it. I would be mortified to know if I had ever done it, but I've definitely grown a lot in the past few years in how I develop and deliver my programs. So I can't say with full confidence that I've never done this, but in essence, we're talking about the kind of programs that say, hate it when they're like promises like, you're going to make $100,000 in two weeks if you join this program. Like, please, please don't make promises. Like, like don't make money promises at all. Speak to your own successes and how the success that you had and all the tools that got you there are going to be inside of this program as a for instance, but not being very careful not to say you will have these exact same results, right? But moreover, I've been in programs where it's like, you're going to get X, Y, and Z and more so in the delivery or experience of 
and not feeling taken care of, particularly when it seems like you're going to get a lot of one-to-one support and in a group program, but that doesn't come to life. I've been there as well. I was inside of a program years ago that didn't really articulate to its fullest degree that this was going to be a massively jam-packed program with people, meaning it's not intimate. There are lots and lots of people inside this program. And I think it should have mentioned that. Additionally, that the main person that I thought was going to be the coach was the head coach, but that there was a million other co-coaches, which is great in concept, but not when you pay for that main person. So again, just being really, really transparent with what you're going to get inside of a program and being careful not to, you know, any guarantees that you can't promise is just a no-no. It is just a no-no. The next one, this is a good one. And I am, uh, I'm totally, I'm totally somebody who's done this. Uh, I didn't realize as I was going to say all this, that I was going to make me feel some kind of way, but I feel some kind of way. This one is fake urgency. So there is a time and place for sure for doors are actually closing. But if you do offer a lower price or open doors again, that can get kind of funky. And so one value that I've placed on my business only in the past six months because your role made some mistakes is that if I can guarantee without a shadow of a doubt that this is the lowest it will ever be, or if I'm for sure closing the doors, then I will say it. But I'm just really careful around this because I've had experiences where I'm like, this is the lowest it's going to be. And then we decide to have like a birthday sale. And then we're kind of in a sticky situation in terms of your integrity and like what you can actually say out loud. And to me, that can really affect your What's the word I'm looking for? Reputation. Literally, I was picturing popular girls. (laughs) Like from my high school, I was picturing girls that are popular trying to think of the word reputation. That's hysterical. So it can affect your reputation. And this is a really important thing that we want to be able to protect is our reputation inside of our business, our reputation as the leader of our business, as the founder of our business. And so it's important that we, again, with like those making false claims or promising things that we're not going to be able to guarantee, I would say that as well with your pricing. And I've done it. I have been coached and mentored to say things like there's only so many spots or doors are closing, even though you know behind the scenes that the strategy is actually like, well, bam, we're back. Doors are still open. And I didn't ever actually feel very good when I did it, which probably should have been my greatest sign. That was not really good for me, but I didn't listen to that until I kind of had that aha moment of this will impact somebody's trust of me. And if you've listened to me at all, you know that I believe that that no like and trust factor is the everything of your brand and how people are going to find you and experience you and uh, ultimately pay you. And so I think that's being built even in these moments when we're, you know, creating that fake urgency. Just keep it real. Like keep it real. That's been my motto since I noticed I wasn't keeping it real. <laughs> so we're keeping it real here. We're keeping it real. What else do we have? You're claiming money wins that aren't realistic. This is a big one. So I have had this experience where there was somebody that I knew who said she was a seven-figure coach. And then when I got to know her a little bit better, I found out that seven figures for her was a combination of several years in business that she was a seven-figure coach. In fact, I could say that I'm a seven-figure coach if I was approaching it from that mentality. But I think there's a little bit of an integrity breach there. I'm not a seven-figure coach in my mind because I'm not actively making seven figures per year. Have I made it in the length of my business from LLC start to where I am now? I sure have. But that doesn't make me a seven-figure coach. When I claim, which I do, that I'm a multi-six-figure coach, that's because I do make multi-six figures per year, not over the life of my business. And to me, that kind of matters. Additionally, you might see this when somebody says, that was a $100,000 launch. And what's behind the scenes is that 
you know, there was several costs to the matter, which we're all going to have as business owners and or that it wasn't cash. So it's like overpayment. So even when I tell my husband and I'm like, oh my gosh, I made $4,000 today, I will be like, well, it was a thousand cash and 4,000 in payment plan or whatever the case may be, you know? So there is a difference. And I think it gets a little sticky because again, you're painting a picture that's not realistic. I think what you're hearing is all this comes back to like that integrity factor. And are you painting a realistic picture of what you do, who you are, what you're creating inside your business and what you can create for others in a way that is holding the integrity of the industry that is so unregulated that we have to hold it ourselves, right? And then this last one, kind of similar to the other ones, but this gal specifically said, the CEO who's created so much freedom that she's not actually available to to deliver. I think this goes hand in hand with painting a picture on social media that you literally do whatever you want, whenever you want. And it's because you have so much money, but that money is coming from clients who you're not actively fucking serving because you're quote unquote not available because you're going to be in your freedom girl self. I think this is a sticky situation as well, right? The, the fact of the matter is, as a CEO, especially a service providing CEO, if you are making a shit ton of money and have created the life that you desire, I am cheering you all the way on. I am cheering you on. And the way that you have activated that life is because of the people who have trusted you and said yes to you. Therefore, your responsibility is to still be a business owner. And I have seen this. I have seen it where it's like almost like I'm sitting on a pedestal because I live this freedom life that I'll be available when I'm available. And it's like, no, you literally don't have this money if you're not showing up for it. You know what I mean? And again, I'm all for boundaries. But at the end of the day, if you're a business owner and you say, these are the things I'm going to deliver, fucking deliver them. Fucking deliver them. In fact, I think one of the biggest changes that is taking shape and taking place in my offer suite and in the programs that I'm creating and and in my one-to-one and all that stuff, some big changes that are happening for me is altering the structure of them where I used to follow the modality of basically what I was taught and then what I experienced, which was come into my world. I am your mentor and you can ask me anything. And that's not unvaluable. It is valuable. But I, as a client, experienced it in a way that I was like, I don't know if I'm getting the most out of this because I don't necessarily know that I know what to ask. And granted, sometimes I did and I got killer support and mentorship. So do not get me wrong. But I always kind of felt like there was something missing. And I still operated in that way. And very, again, embarrassingly so. And I wish I could go back and change it. But all I can do is change it moving forward of that same like pay for my mentorship and you have access to me, whatever you want, however you want it, I'm here, let's go. And I've had people in that space who you know, I can admit probably didn't know what to ask. And so the way that I'm restructuring my offerings is to create a lot more structure, especially in the one-to-one space, but even in the group spaces where it's like, here's the way, the process, here's what we're going to cover. Here's how we're going to cover it. I still always want to create a very individualized approach because I believe in that. I really, really do. But having something be individualized doesn't mean that it doesn't have a structure. Doesn't mean that you don't have conceptual ideas on what direction you're going to go in. And you're not essentially asking your clients to tell you what they need. Even in my copywriting experience, I'm I'm doing some copywriting inside my business right now. I'm not doing it. I hired somebody to do it. And the experience from start to finish of how much clarity I'm getting or how much support I'm getting or how much understanding that I get around the fact of like, here's a million questions you have to answer. And this 
might not be in your repertoire, meaning I fucking feel paralyzed when I see a hundred questions I have to answer about myself. I get sweaty under the armpits. All the things happen. I need somebody on the other side of that service that's saying, you can record a loom and transcribe that for me. Or you can, here's some other ideas if this feels overwhelming for you. Or here's some music. To, you know what I mean? Like you want to think about every aspect. It doesn't have to be just like everybody else has done. And that's probably my greatest invitation. There's a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of amazing things that I've done in my business, but there are a lot of mistakes that I've made through following the footsteps of somebody that I've worked with, through taking what somebody tells me as a mentor as face value rather than really exploring that in alignment with my own values and what I want to create. And I'm not going to shame myself for it, right? Because we're here to be shamelessly ambitious, but I'm really grateful to have learned from it and to now be creating something very, very different. In fact, I want to talk to you about my Empire Society membership because this is one of those spaces that I've created that is just really freaking different than anything else that exists out there. And I'm really proud of it because it came from not only a ton of these realizations, but again, from the backing of my degrees, my 10 years of experience, my you know million dollars made in the past three and a half years of this business. It came from all of that, but it also came from my desire to create humanness. So inside of the Empire Society membership, not only do you get access to 12 programs instantly that are going to cover everything from that like high level business strategy that everybody wants, you know, on brand awareness, creating a profitable product suite, customizing your sales strategy, maximizing that customer experience, which we all know is really the key to retention and sustainability inside your business. But because of my background as a therapist, you're also going to have trainings and support around emotional resilience, emotional intelligence, right? Mental biohacking, breaking through, rewriting narratives inside of our head, essentially that mindset mastery piece, right? Tapping into intuitive strategies. And then we're also going to cover the things like time management, energy management, efficiency as a CEO, and even those practical tools for managing money and healing inner wounds. So it's kind of like the interweaving of high-level sales strategy and, and business strategy with the therapeutic side of things that I think are really, really important in everything that we do. And so you, you instantly get access to all those programs, which I love. But a couple other features of the membership that are really unique and very, very close and near and dear to my heart. One is the Empire Musings broadcast, which is a live Voxer broadcast where I'm answering your questions one-to-one style. I really wanted to create a space that, that had accessibility in mind, right? You don't have to be in a coaching container, a private coaching container to ask me personalized questions where I'm going to give you the answers to them. And that feels really, really high on the list of values that I carry. But also in this space, I drop real-time behind-the-scenes stories and give personalized trainings based on the needs of the group because I am actively connecting with everybody inside. And this is an important feature for me as well. I want to make sure that not only are you getting these programs that do already exist, but I'm giving you new and very valuable in real-time advice and teachings and trainings and just general conversations. And then in addition to those things, we have our coffee chats. And this is a real new feature of the Empire Society, but one that's really, really near and dear to my heart is that when I looked around and I looked at what was existing in the business space, there's a lot of masterminds, love them. There's a lot of the strategy and the training and the private coaching, love it. But what I felt was missing, even for myself, was just like human connection with a woman who gets it. I cannot tell you how many times I hear women say, particularly us ambitious folk, right? Say like, I just really want friends who get it, who get this like, I'm obsessed with my passion. I want more. Like, I'm not willing to settle. Like, it's kind of a different way. You get into this point where you feel almost as though everybody must feel this way. And then you go out into real life and you're like, 
lies. <laughs> this is lies. Like not a lot of people feel this way. And so I wanted to curate a space where, again, in a very casual human way, we just get together with our favorite drink and talk about real life stuff. It's not coaching. It's not educational. It's like I come with sometimes prompts and sometimes the conversations just flow to connect us to create sisterhood and friendship and talk about things like motherhood and being a wife and fucking meal planning, like literally anything that feels really valuable and poignant in our lives right then. And we do this every other month. So it's just a really valuable place, not only to create friendships, but to network and to connect and to just feel seen for a moment. And of course, in addition to all that, because I love me some bonuses, there's been a lot of new resources being created behind the scenes. And so inside this membership, you also get an all access pass to those resources that include things like my business audit template or the PDF that we have that prompts that delight your clients through over delivery. We've also got a optimizing your flow for greater productivity. We've got conflict resolution to ensure positive relationships with your team and your clients at all times. So some really valuable resources inside. And I just wanted to say that because if you're listening to the podcast, you're one of my people and I know it. And I want to give you this formal invite because I'd love to have you in this space. I'd love to have you here with us inside Empire Society, obviously getting all the beautiful education and program support, but also just connecting on a real human level, real human level. Essentially, I created the Empire Society to be a space that is just different, you know, a space where we're building with that sustainability in mind, which I think is really important, not always growing and always moving and always trying to do more and more and more, but to create sustainability so we can live that life that we want to. But I also wanted it to be a space that had that psychology in mind, both at the human level and the business entrepreneurial CEO level. I wanted it to merge strategy, but also support and human connection that we are all yearning for. So this is my formal invitation into a program that took a lot of lessons, a lot of learning and growing and pivoting and mistakes and failures and I think we can all admit to this, like we've all done things a little wrong sometimes. And I want you to take this this whole entire episode in general. And I just want you to know, like, if you are witnessing yourself and going, I feel some type of way, this is just an invitation. It's not to call you out. It's not to shame you. It's an invitation that you always get to pivot. You always get to change what you're doing and how you're doing it. That's the coolest thing about being a freaking entrepreneur. You always get to go, oh, wait, maybe I don't like doing it this way. Maybe this doesn't align with my values. And also, you can also fully disagree with me. Like, you could be listening and going, girl, you cray. I don't believe with a single thing. I don't align with or believe a single thing that you're saying. And I'm so here for that as well. So if you were one of the people who shared these amazing points, these cringy yet glorified industry no-nos, I'm here for it. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate the engagement and the conversation behind the scenes. And if this is something that you're kind of having a moment with, I love you. You're seen. You're not alone. I feel a little embarrassed myself over here in full transparency and vulnerability. And as always, I'm just so grateful for you being here and for this podcast and the podcast community. And I'll see you on the next episode.